Hello, little planchettes. Welcome to season three. Welcome back. We welcome us to you. Yeah, it's been a while. It has. It's been like, we haven't recorded in what, like almost three weeks now? Yeah, because we took a little break last week, the week before. We didn't have to do anything. Right. Um, So yeah, three weeks ago. Damn. I'm ready. I'm excited. Um... We had a really nice vacation. It was super fun. Yes, we it was did. So nice and warm. I like opened my sunglasses today because it was like sunny in Michigan, and there was just like sand all over my glasses, and I got sad for a minute. Oh no! And I'm like, oh, such a bummer. Yeah, it was like super cold yesterday. Tay and I went to Barnes and Noble, and like the wind was oh, whipping, yeah. and we were just like, oh my god, the beach. It was so crazy because like when we were on the plane coming home, like. We were above the clouds, obviously, so, like, it was sunny the entire flight, and then as soon as we started landing, we, like, went down through the clouds, and as soon as we hit the ground, it was just gray. Oh, my God, yeah, and it was rainy. It was such a bummer. Ugh, the worst. But I am, like, excited to be home. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to record and, you know, get back into the groove, so. Yes. I'm excited. Well. I just said that ten times. I'm excited. Yes, me too. Yeah. Well, Alicia. What do you have for us today? Okay, so we sat down and picked out some new topics um, a couple weeks ago for this season, and my dumbass had the bright idea of doing a a deep dive on a demon, (laughs) which at the time sounded super cool until I actually did it and um, regretted it instantly. (laughs) So I'm covering... Asmodeus, um, who is one of the seven princes of hell. Um, as you may know, each prince of hell is associated with one of the sedly, er, seven deadly sins. Um, Asmode- I keep wanting to say Asmodeus, but it's Asmodeus. Okay. Asmodeus is the prince of lust. Um, though he is the prince of lust, and lust is generally viewed as like sexy, Asmodeus was no Brad Pitt. Uh, <laughs> he had three heads. One of a ram, one of a bull, and one of a man. And on one website, it said one of an ogre, and all I could picture was Shrek. <laughs> I was like, sexy. Shrek-sy. <laughs> so you'd think that the human face would be handsome or charming, but this face had pointed ears, a hooked nose, and a fire-breathing mouth full of jagged and sharp teeth. So not, not too spicy. I mean, like, spicy because he breathes fire, but, like, not spicy, <laughs> sexy spicy. All three of the heads are piled on top of a wide, human-like chest with wings springing from his back, but his lower body was made of rooster legs and a long serpent-like tail. Huh pretty interesting quite the combination yeah um all of these um attributes like all of these animals are like viewed as sex symbols so it makes sense yeah you know he's got cock legs (laughs) (laughs) um to complete his aesthetic his noble steed was a winged lion with a long dragon neck. So just a couple of funky looking dudes. That's pretty tight though. Yeah, it is pretty a badass. Lion, a lion with a dragon head. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty that's yeah. pretty sick. And wings, like fuck yeah. yeah. It's pretty it's pretty sick. Where can I find one? <laughs> uh in hell. eBay? Maybe. They're kind of the same. <laughs> hell Bay? Hell Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so more recent lore describes him as more of a traditionally handsome creature but still with the legs of a rooster, which was the giveaway that you were in the bedroom with a demon when he took his pants off. Because he liked to get it on. Sexy, sexy time. Lusty, lusty time. Throughout history, Asmodeus had been referred to as one of the most evil of Satan's infernal demons. So his origin is kind of unclear. You know how it is with biblical shit. None of it makes any sense. <laughs> but according to the Hebrews, he's the son of Nayama, the mother of all demons, and Shamdan, a fallen angel. Before Nayama and Shamdan fell from heaven, Asmodeus was born and became part of the Seraphim, which is the highest order of angels, but later fell from grace like his parents, like most demons do it's also said that either asmodeus became the husband of lilith or is the son of lilith and adam like i said origin is not really clear right um either way pretty badass 
Asmodeus grew into the ruler of gambling and revenge, but is most infamous for being a homewrecker, known for preventing intercourse between a husband and wife, wrecking new marriages, and forcing husbands to commit adultery. How dare he do that to Kim Kardashian? Oh my god. Yeah, he saw that guy. What was Kim Kardashian's husband's name? No idea. I don't keep up with the Kardashians. I guess all of them. He, he's just sitting. Yeah, he's he's, he's just corner. knocking them out. He's like one by one. Fuck you, Kardashians. So he is tied to the story of King David and Bathsheba, where King David saw Bathsheba bathing, decided he wanted her, had her husband killed, then married her for himself. And it's said that Asmodeus amplified Bathsheba's sex appeal and influenced the king to act on his lust for her, which would make sense with the Kardashians because the Kardashians are very sexy. And, like, Kim keeps losing her husband, so. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they're not naturally sexy. That's true, but, like, with the power of Asmode- Asmodeus, you know, anything is possible. Any body anything type is, also, is possible. Anything is also possible with the power of Asmosis. Osmosis Jones? Osmosis, not Osmosis. Osmosis. Osmosis Jones? Yeah. That is so true. I know. That guy can do anything. He is a true American hero. True American hero. He oh my me, god, I want to watch that movie. I haven't seen it in He so got long. me through biology. Oh, angel. He's an angel. Not oh, a fallen is. angel. No, he is a current angel. <laughs> current Still angel. serving the people of Earth. All of us, yeah. Okay, so in other instances, Asmodeus preys on those who succumb to lust. Uh, The Book of Tobit, which is a book of scripture that's part of the Catholic and Orthodox Orthodox biblical canons. Sorry, I totally butchered that. Um, Describes how Asmodeus lusted after a young virgin named Sarah. (laughs) Same. (laughs) <laughs> just I'm sorry are you, are you lusting after a young virgin named sarah might be <laughs> who knows okay so asmodeus watched as sarah became engaged to be married by a man who didn't truly love her but lusted her so he killed him then looking out for the young virgin yeah except he did it out of lust as well oh you know it's like a big love triangle like kind of um what do we call that hypocritical but, but he's he, the demon. I was going to say, he is a demon, so, like, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Like, he's already in hell. What's the worst that can happen? Right. Nothing. This the worst as it gets. So, um, then he did that six more times. Oh, good. Yeah. Just taking all the virgins. Took, took seven of her um, possible suitors and just fucking slayed them. Oh. He was like, not my Sarah. I swear. Sounds like my ex-boyfriend. Oh, God. I'm just kidding. I'm oh, totally God. kidding. Sounds like um, Sam's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. Uh, she doesn't listen to this, right? Who the fuck cares if she does? <laughs> okay. All right. That was mean. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, he killed seven of her potential suitors. Um, so Sarah prayed and prayed that God stop Asmodeus from killing her suitors. On the night of her eighth wedding, God finally answered Sarah's prayers. Very, very timely. Right. You know. Um, God sent Archangel Raphael, to show, who showed Tobias, Sarah's new husband, how to make incense out of the heart and liver of a glanos fish, which would keep Asmodeus away. Uh, Asmodeus appeared ready to slay Tobias, but the smoke of the fish incense worked uh, because Asmodeus hated water and fish. <laughs> That's literally all it took. Some water and some fish smoke. They go hand in hand. You're right. Water and fish. <laughs> just go swim in the ocean. He won't bother you. Yeah, literally just like go go have sex in the ocean. Yeah, he can't touch you. He can't. He won't. He wouldn't dare. He would never. He literally ended up fleeing to the driest place, Egypt. <laughs> oh, I was thinking hell. No, no, no. He fled to Egypt, but Raphael tracked him down and banished him to the constellation Ursa Major, where he remains plotting against newlyweds, ruining the beauty of virgins, committing murders, spreading madness of women and men alike from the stars. You know what? That Ursa Major is the one constellation that I always see in the sky because it's like the easiest to find. Mm -hmm. It is. That's probably 
why all my relationships have been so shitty other than the one that I'm currently in. It's fucking as Because I always fucking stare at Ursa Major. He's got you. He's he got you in his little talents. Me. And I have not looked. That's not true. I'm sure I've looked at it since then. Since Sam and I have been dating. But maybe I shouldn't. Don't stare into it. I'll just avoid it. He will it. ruin your relationship. He might kill Sam. A dark park? Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Ugh. So that is all that I could um, conjure up without getting super boring and biblical which what would be a fucking drag for all of us um this isn't church time this is fun time okay so that's where i stopped my notes yesterday and then i got too tired and i was really cold the whole time i was doing my notes like really cold i had to put on a sweater over my shirt and some socks and I didn't have like a bad feeling while I was doing my notes or anything. I went to bed snugly and happy. Um, but then I woke up at 3 a.m. Uh, because Watch an hour. Yeah. Because of a loud crash in my room. And when I woke up, my cat was running away and Chloe was standing up looking in the corner of my room. And I looked over and I saw that my framed poster had fallen off of the wall and I didn't get up or anything. I was like, honestly, pretty terrified because that poster has been hanging for weeks and there was no draft. There was no abnormal draft in my room. Right. It's over by my bathroom. Which is on the other side from like the window. Yeah. Far away from the window. There's no vent over there. And, like, Lonnie, what it looked like she had been running from my bed. And I will say, this might sound creepy, but, like, I got up at, like, 2 in the morning last night. And I, like, like obviously, like, came out into the kitchen. And, like, to get to the kitchen, I, like, walked past your room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And your door was, like, pretty much shut. Like. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, like, it like it was still, like, open. Like, it wasn't shut completely. But, yeah. like, it was barely cracked. Weird. Yeah. Because so. when I woke up, well, I guess Lonnie had run out of my room. But I don't know. That doesn't really make sense because, like, she was running fast and, like, she would have had to open the door as my door was already open because she ran out of it. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Okay. So, anyway, uh, (laughs) yeah, I woke up today and, like, walked over there and the, like, little hanger that it had been hanging on was still attached to the wall so it's not like that just got weak and fell like it literally my poster had been pulled off of the wall nope so all day today i panicked and i wasn't sure if i should actually do this story or if we should be covering demons at all um because clearly uh message received (laughs) um but i didn't i work i mean I, i know that it's not that much so far but like i put like hours of work in already and I had to work all day today, so I couldn't really just pull something out of my ass. Right. Is that Sam? No. Oh, okay. Um, so I decided to take this in a different direction. So I'm still covering Asmodeus, but um, because of the weird shit that happened last night, I'm going to um, take this in a more lighthearted fantasy direction and give you the scoop on how he plays into the D&D world. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I'm here for that. (laughs) Okay, cool. So if you don't know or have never played, Dungeons & Dragons is a fantasy tabletop role-playing game where you create an avatar for yourself and go on action adventures and battle monsters and do quests and stuff. I'm in a D&D group, and we've only played a couple of times, but it's really fun. Um, It's like basically there's a a storyteller or... um, story master or something like that it's called the dungeon master dungeon master yeah they're the one that navigates the story for everybody else so um i'm not sure if asmodeus is like a character that you can use that's already been like basically has all this lore behind him and you can like work him into your story um or if somebody made this up specifically but i got all of my information on forgotten realms which is actually where I like started doing my notes and then I realized that it was just for D&D and I was like oh shit (laughs) okay so 
Um, apparently, Asmodeus has a, quite a history as a big boss in the game, so I am going to kind of tell you about him. I'm not going to get into, like, all of the battle stuff because there's a fuck ton and that would take up a bunch of time. But I'm just going to tell you some some stuff about him in the D&D world. So, yeah, according to ForgottenRealms.Fandom.com, Asmodeus was the DT of Indulgence and ruled over all devils, oversaw all nine layers of hell entirely, but specifically was associated with the ninth layer where he was said to reside, though if anyone were to ever learn of his whereabouts, they would be killed within the day. So he was kind of hiding out. Um, his true form was not a three-headed beast, but a giant wingless serpent that measured hundreds of miles in length. Oof. He's a big bitch. A big boy. He was so big that he basically couldn't move, so he would appear as a projected image, kind of like Princess Leia in Star Wars Episode Four when she, like, appears with that message. Mm-hmm. Um, or he would summon humanoid avatars to go out and do his deeds for him. The avatars he would summon were 13 feet tall, slim, red-skinned with horns, and had your typical hellish glowing red eyes. Uh, They appeared to be physically beautiful, uh, even though they were red-skinned and had horns and glowing eyes, Uh, but they had like perfectly trimmed facial hair and dressed in very expensive red and black clothing. So very aesthetic, very hell aesthetic. It's said that just one article of clothing was expensive enough to equate to the national spendings of any given nation. Oof. Yeah. Holy Suck on crap. that, Gucci. Suck on that Jeff Bezos. Yeah, bitch. Also, I massaged a guy that looked just like Jeff Bezos today. Really? And his name was also Jeff. Jeff B. Maybe he was using an alias. Maybe it was an avatar. <laughs> Maybe it was a projection. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so underneath the clothing... The body was covered with open bleeding wounds because Asmodeus himself was covered with intense bleeding wounds. Every time a drop of Asmodeus's blood fell, a new devil or pit fiend was born. So, like, Asmodeus had this, like, battle with some other bad guy. I didn't deep dive that one, um, which basically sent him down to hell and like as he fell he got really fucking beat up and like was covered with all these like crazy wounds and like he's a big guy so there's a lot of a lot of wounds happening a lot of blood spilling so every time a drop of his blood falls a new devil or pit fiend is born which like is a fuck time i mean yeah um also this reminded me of like every time a baby is born an angel gets his wings (laughs) Every time, every time a drop of Asmodeus's blood falls, a new devil gets his horns. <laughs> okay, so the avatars that he would project were just hollow vessels that projected his thoughts, words, and personality. Despite um, the constant pain that he was in due to his injuries, he still came off as very suave and charismatic through his avatars. Um, they all had this awe effect that um, those who encountered him made it impossible for them to strike first because with D&D, it's a lot of battling, um, but that effect kept them safe. Because he was the ruler of all hell, he was able to summon up to 10 avatars at a time, one for each layer of hell, and an extra to either guard himself or be sent to fulfill extra planar duties Um which would be tasks not in hell. Uh, each of the avatars would be armed with one ruby rod of Asmodeus. So the avatar's ruby rods were essentially giant rods carved out of pure ruby, while Asmodeus had the true ruby rod, which was formed from a shard of evil. Not quite sure what that is or what it's made out of. Uh, maybe just pure evil energy. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, the tears of 777 angels. Oof. The drool from Tiamat, who is the lawful evil dragon goddess of greed or the queen of evil dragons. Um, and it was tipped with a giant ruby that had been soaked in the blood of a thousand mortals. Jesus. <laughs> so not dramatic at all. Quite possibly the most 
badass staff of all time. So the Avatar's rods were different. They were just made of ruby. Um, they measured up to four feet tall and were carved to look like the tip was a clawed fist holding a skull, which is pretty fucking metal. And then the bottom was left sharp and jagged, you know, to, like, stab people. Right. Uh, but also their rods were entirely covered in carved out names of gods and deities spelled backwards. And then the names were covered in black blood. What? Pretty, pretty sick. So at all times, the rods would glow soft and red, charged full of energy that could be used to shoot out blasts of energy. Um, should they need to attack or defend themselves. Most commonly, the staffs would be used as bludgeoning tools, but aside from the energy blast, it could also shoot out straight-up acid, not the fun kind, <laughs> or a vortex of intense cold. On occasions, Asmodeus would allow others to wield one of his ruby rods, and his permission allowed that being to handle it without being hurt by it, but they would only be limited to use its magical, mystical, gun-like abilities once a day, Whereas Asmodeus could use it infinitely. Uh, I mean, he's like the ruler of hell, so it makes sense that he could use it all the time. And right. everybody gets one good shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes <laughs> once in a lifetime. Mom spaghetti. <laughs> Mom spaghetti. Um, aside from just being a combat weapon. Sorry, I really deep dived this rod. <laughs> I thought it was so cool. Um, so aside from being a combat weapon, the magical rod could also be used to protect Asmodeus and his avatars. The, the first protective ability was with the wave of the wand, those challenging the wielder would be forced to bow down, making it impossible for them to attack or protect themselves. The second ability created a magical wall of force, which would encase the wielder and basically entirely heal them back to health, magically and physically, including growing back any limbs that they may have lost in battle. It's like a reptile. And I pictured um, Deadpool's like baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this could be done intentionally, but would also trigger automatically if any enchantment effects were targeted at the holder, which is pretty cool. It's like... Um, just there for you. It's got your back. It's, it's, it's got your there. limbs. It's always there. If your back got blasted off, it does have your back, actually. <laughs> and then the third protection, um, magical thing that this could do, uh, would, uh, it would just straight up absorb the user into it. Oh, and uh, I guess it kind of seems like it might be risky since someone could like pick it up, but I guess like they would have to have Asmodeus's permission to handle it, or they would probably die. But still, kind of silly. Like, how do you get out of it? Or is it like a time thing? Like, I don't know. It doesn't make much sense, but <laughs> it's a fucking game, so I who knows? Also. I really want to play Dungeons and Dragons. One, I don't have a group to play with. Oh my god, you should play with my group, dude. Dude, you should let me play with your group because I've seriously been like bugging Sam to like find a group to play, and like my brother would play, but he lives three hours away, so like that doesn't really work. We just do it over Zoom. Oh yeah, that's interesting. I also am a little intimidated by it because it's a lot. Oh yeah, I'm. I mean, we've only actually played one time, but like we've talked more than one time so i still don't know what i'm doing but it's really fun after the first time i felt a lot better because like I, I don't know i have social anxiety and i'm not very creative on the spot so mm -hmm. i was just like i don't know what i'm doing um but it was it was super fun well yeah. maybe next time you play let me know okay caitlin annie are you listening <laughs> <laughs> um okay so where was i yeah, they would die. So, Asmodeus was a lawful, evil deity, and his only goal was becoming the supreme ruler of the multiverse, even if that meant destroying the current one and creating a new one entirely for himself. Does this sound like Thanos or no? Yeah. I literally, like, not kidding, last night was watching Age of Ultron. Really? I've never seen it, but... Um... Oh, I have had this, like... I, I'm obsessed with Marvel movies, like, hardcore. I'm in love with every single one of them. And, um, Tom Holland, are you listening? And, um, 
yeah i just like got on this kick because i was watching a bunch of tiktoks and people were raving about bucky barnes and like i've always thought he was hot but then like i saw these tiktoks and i'm just like okay and now he's the background on my phone but anyway yeah i picked up your phone the other day and i was like uh this is not prison read oh yeah no it's bucky barnes now i didn't even know there was a character called bucky barnes he is captain america's best friend they fought in the war together and he was tested on and given the same soldier serum that Captain America was given, and it's this whole thing. His shield is like his arm. Dope. It's pretty sick. He's he's so sexy. Anyway. So sexy. Bucky, are you listening? Bucky, are you listening? <laughs> Sebastian Stan, are you listening? <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, he was like a pretty evil guy, wanted to destroy everything, create a new world for himself. Um, but because he was so suave, smooth talking, and well dressed, many that encountered him had no idea that he was this like crazed underlord that wanted to overthrow everyone and anything in his path. Actually, his voice carried such an irresistible suggestion that those who heard it would become sub- subversient to him for 10 to 100 days. Oh. So, like, literally just talking to him, you would be like, yes, daddy, I do. Yes, I do the cooking. <laughs> yes, I do the cleaning. Yes, I keep the nana real sweet for the eating. <laughs> <laughs> so, he was very smart, and he could carry on a captiva- captivating conversation with anyone. Um, he was a really great liar, um, and often pretended to know more than he truly did, claiming that he could see the future. In the actual, like, biblical stuff regarding him, like, IRL, um, I think they said that he could see the future, too, or that he claimed to. Gotcha. So his charm and deceit led to many people agreeing to sign their souls over to him with his promise that, under his rule, they would be rewarded and live a much better life than any who didn't follow him. But he was a sneaky devil. And often those who forfeited their soul weren't given any special treatment and were forced into a terribly miserable eternity of servitude under his rulings. Gotcha. Got him. You're my bitch now, bitch. (laughs) Full send. For those who were not so easily fooled or willing to hand over their souls, Asmodeus had a greater deal he was willing to make. Asmodeus agreed to allow some to live their mortal life deeming them a disciple of darkness. This allowed the individual to continue their life, but under Asmodeus' ruling, they would be able to channel the divine magic of hell, but only if they appeased him with an acceptable amount of sacrifices. If Asmodeus felt the individual was not holding up their end of the bargain, he could take their life at at any time. Middle of the day, middle of the night he would just show up and snatch your soul mm-hmm. and the worst part of it was that there was no set amount of souls that needed to be sacrificed in the name of Asmodeus. so there was no way of knowing whether or not they were doing a good job and satisfying his needs but i guess the promise of being able to use the power of hell must have been enticing enough to agree and sign their soul over honestly i'd probably do the same yeah that or his ultra daddy voice was what what really got it, him. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much for me. <laughs> Some empty more. promises and a daddy voice. Sign <laughs> me up. Let me see those chicken legs. <laughs> Asmodeus created an army for himself that only grew exponentially over time. His voice had generated many recruits. Uh, coupled with his constant blood falling and devils and pit fiends being born literally every fucking second... He truly created a wildly large army that was ready to throw down at any time, which was great because he was fiending to take over the world. But the problem was that because Asmodeus was so large and covered in these gaping wounds, he kind of couldn't go anywhere physically unless his disciples of darkness could get him the souls of atheists. Atheists have special souls with dark powers i am screwed screwed dude he had all these wounds from the battle with the other guy where he fell into the ninth layer of hell and the only way to heal them for long enough to get his ass up and going was nourishment from the souls of true atheists 
a delicious snack a nice healthy <laughs> meal balanced breakfast yeah once he consumed enough atheist souls he was healed enough to go out and restore or create as much chaos as he felt necessary and basically take down those who stood in his way of becoming the supreme ruler of the multiverse so to bring all this to an end because i don't want to get into all of his battles and stuff like that that would literally take me another like three hours um he his avatars and his army went on to fight a lot of battles and other bad guys, but never conquered the multiverse, unfortunately. But he's still a big deal, a real bad guy in hell that you don't want to fuck with. And if you're an atheist, then he's going to eat your soul. Better watch out. The end. That is the story of um, that devil and or the demon and, um, his, uh, D and D legacy. Love that. And, um, just so everyone knows, uh, Taylor is not going to be covering a demon because too much has already happened. So she's going to cover something else. We'll figure it out. Yes. Because I'm not fucking with this shit anymore. I kind of can't believe that I even went through with this, but, um, but. beyond demons. I do like the little little spin that you put on it. That was that was a very creative, innovative Thank you. Switch and I liked it. Thank you. I had to salvage it somehow. I like it and I appreciated it. Thank you. I hope I hope all the planchettes enjoyed. Email us at creepyweegepod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so off audio, Alicia told me to cover Serial Killer for our first episode of Season 3. Yes. So that is what I did. Yay! And I would just like to give a little content warning. Um, there are children involved in this. There is rape involved in this. There is uh, cannibalism involved in this. Oh, shit! Um, so, if you don't want to listen to this, then do not listen to this. Okay. I'm so excited. I'm excited. So, Yahim, Yah, Yahim. Oh my god! I looked this up, and this is how they pronounced it. That's okay. That was me in like literally my first sentence. I was like, Asmodeus, Asmodeus. Uh, I get it. We're all we're all here. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. Um, it's spelt like I keep wanting to call him Joaquim. Oh. Because it's spelt like. Joaquin Phoenix? Like Joaquin Phoenix. Mm -hmm. It's like J-O-A-C-H-I-M. Oh, weird. But it's pronounced Yahim. Yahim. Oh, interesting. Yahim Kroll. Yahim. So, on July 3rd, 1976, police were going door to door investigating the disappearance of four-year-old Marion Ketter. A neighbor had approached the police officers, stating that the waste pipe in the building had been backed up, and when the neighbor approached Kroll, asking if he knew what was blocking the pipe, Kroll simply replied, guts. Oh! That was all he said. Gross! So, Kroll was approached by the police and arrested for the kidnapping and murder of four-year-old Marion Ketter. While searching his apartment, police found the dismembered body of Marion Ketter scattered throughout the kitchen. Um, Some parts of her body were in the fridge. Uh, One of her hands was found in a pot of boiling water. Gross. And her, like, intestines and, like, organs were found in the pipes. So he had, like, flushed it down the toilet. Wow, he was not kidding when he said guts. Literal guts. Oh, my God. So, what happened? Who was this guy? Yeah. And what happened in his life to bring him to this point? You're probably wondering how I got here. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, Kroll was born April 17th, 1933 in Hindenburg, Germany. His family suffered from poverty due to the rise of Nazi Germany Germany and World War II. He was the youngest of eight children and was considered to be a weak child. Um, I did read on one website that he was number six of nine children Hmm. but on the other two sites that i looked at it said the youngest of eight so i apologize if i got that one wrong but still a lot of kids a lot of kids still the young one yeah and like i said he was considered to be a weak child um he was a bedwetter which brought on humiliation his from like i'm assuming his siblings because like yeah you know what i mean um he also was known to sexually abuse animals 
Gross. So, yeah, there's In that. his childhood? That's what it said. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's disgusting no matter how old you are, but, right. like, it's especially disturbing when it's a child, you know, because it's like, where yeah. do they even pick that up? Right. Um, so Kroll's father was a soldier in the German army and was taken as a prisoner of war by the Russian army. Um, it was believed that he died as a prisoner of war because mm-hmm. he never came home, which left Kroll and his seven siblings with his mother. Okay. Um, I couldn't really find anything on her. Like, it didn't sound like he had, like, a terrible upbringing as far as, like, abuse goes or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, he was with his mom for the remainder okay. of the time. So, in 1948, Kroll dropped out of school due to having to repeat the same grade multiple times. It's believed that this was due to the disruptions of the war, because, again... Yeah, I mean, can't really blame that. Right. I mean, blame him for that. Right. So, he was 15 years old with a fourth grade education. Um, They did some IQ testing on him as an adult, and it revealed that he had an IQ of 78. I'm assuming that's low. I don't know if you're about IQs. That's very low. Um, It's believed that he didn't know how to read. Oh, that's sad. Yes. Um, After dropping out of school, he started working as a farmhand... Which ultimately led to his murderous desires. Ugh. It's always like farm animals. I know. They're like, like don't work on a slaughterhouse. Yeah. Just kidding. That's a terrible. I mean, like say. we need farms. We we need farms. Um, don't make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, while working as a farmhand, Kroll stated that the killing of animals inspired his fantasies, and when he saw a pig being slaughtered, the incident, quote unquote, awakened his sex drive. That's so disturbing. It's really, really fucked up. Um, Kroll did attempt to have a romantic relationship with a woman, but he always felt awkward and inadequate. With that, he concluded he could only have sexual relations with, quote unquote, someone who could not complain about his performance. Um, So. Watch some porn, bud. There's that. (laughs) Get better. (laughs) Wait, they probably didn't have porn, right? They might have, like, magazines or something. Yeah. Uh, but in 19... 19- porno mag, bud. <laughs> Sorry. In 1955, Kroll's mother died, and his siblings lost touch, and later that year, Kroll will kill his first victim. So February 8th, 1955, Kroll traveled to Wallstead, where he captured and murdered 19-year-old Ermgard Stell. He strangled her to death, raped her, and then slashed open her abdomen. Kroll claimed that his tendency subsided until four years later. However, it is believed that he did have victims within that four-year span. Yeah. I mean, it always kind of blows my mind when, like, serial killers, like, go kind of, like, dormant for years. And I'm like, I don't trust that. Right. I don't trust that at like, all. Like, if you have such an urge, like, how can you go that long? You yeah, know what I mean? right. So, in 1959 was his next known victim... Um, it was 24-year-old Clara Frieda Tesmer in Rhine. The murder was identical to his first victim. However, this is where the cannibalism started. Ugh. He removed flesh from Clara's glutes and thighs, wrapped them up, and took them home to cook for dinner. Glute filet. A glute filet. Um, a local man in Rhine named Heinrich Ott was arrested for the crime and hung himself while awaiting trial. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's very sad. Um, Kroll would travel to different cities to kill his victims, which is how he avoided getting caught for so long. Um, he didn't really have, like, a set MO. Um, he mainly killed women, but they were of all, like, different age groups. Mm-hmm. Um, he did, however, have one male victim. So, in 1965, in Grossenbaum... Rosenbaum. I don't know why I said that weird. <laughs> um, Herman Schmitz and his fiance Marion Veen were having sex in a secluded area in their car, like a lover's lane, mm-hmm. um, when Kroll lured Schmitz out of the car by acting as if he needed help. Uh, Schmitz got out of the car and Kroll stabbed him and intended to rape and kill his fiance. <sighs> However, she got into the driver's seat and drove right at Kroll. Oh, wow. Um, She's a bad bitch. Right. Kroll dodged the car and ran away. Um, the fiance did get like a good look at him and she was able to describe what she saw, but nothing ever came of it. Oh, that's so, so sad. Yeah. 
Um, it was very difficult for police to connect his crimes because he didn't always cut flesh from his victims. Mm-hmm. Um, he would only do that to his victims who he considered to be young and tender. Oh, gross. <laughs> yes. That's, it's very disgusting. I don't like that. Um, his reason for turning to cannibalism was that meat was expensive. Oh. Uh... He, he got no sexual gratification for it. He just did not want to pay for meat. That's why he ate people? That's why he ate people. Fucking hunt a squirrel, you batshit crazy bozo. Right. Like, this is not that long ago. Like, you could have gotten... Didn't he work on a farm? Fucking steal a chicken. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But after killing and raping his victims, he would commonly masturbate over their bodies, and then he would go home to finish his ritual where he would pleasure himself with a rubber doll off... Often while choking a small child's doll. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So he's jerking off with a doll while strangling a different doll? Correct. What the fuck? What the fuck? Girl, your guess is as good as mine here. So, remember, like, a minute ago I said, I mentioned Heinrich Ott, who was arrested for his crimes and, like, hung himself Mm -hmm. while waiting trial? Um, so while Kroll was actively killing, five men, along with Heinrich, had been arrested for Kroll's crimes. Um, one of them, along with Ott, had committed suicide. So two of them total committed suicide. So he's kind of got, like, two other victims. Kind of. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. so sad. Um... Which kind of, like, brings us back to the beginning. Kroll was was arrested for the murder of four-year-old Marion Kettner... Um, as soon as he was arrested, he immediately admitted to murdering Katner and gave police the details of 13 other murders he had committed and also confessed to engaging in cannibalism. Oh, my gosh. His victims were aged 4 to 61. Most of them, though, were around 12 to 13. Um, so I'm just going to, like, go over those victims real quick. Um, Ermgard Strahl. She was 19 years old, and she was a runaway from a home in a town that I cannot pronounce. Oh, that's so sad. Um, she was, like, lost in the world, and I know. he just, like, murdered her. I know. So Kroll met her on the road and invited her for a walk in the woods. Um, they walked for a minute. He tried to kiss her, but she resisted. Then he stabbed her four times in the neck. Afterwards, he strangled and raped her, then cut her stomach open in a manner of pig slaughtering. Um, there was no bruising to the genitals and no defense wounds. Um, she was found five days later in snow-covered brush. Um, That's so sad. Yeah. And there's a lot of semen found in her. But she didn't have any genital bruising? No. Nope. Um, well, like, uh, he probably did it after she died. Yeah. And... Um, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, so then there was Erica Schuliter. Um, she was 12 years old. She was strangled and raped in 1956. Um, Kroll was not charged with this murder due to lack of evidence, but she is on this list. Um, Clara Frieda Tesmer was uh, killed in 1959. She was 24 years old. Um, he took her by the arm. She reacted badly, so he hit her against the head. They both rolled down the side of the road as he tried to undress her in the fight. As he tried to undress her in the fight. Um, Her naked body was found the next day by five boys driving their bikes. And, yeah. Can you imagine just, like, being out for a bike ride and finding a dead body? No. That would be so traumatizing. I, like, don't even want to think about it. Ugh. Um, so... In 1959, there was Manuela Knott. She was 16 years old. Um, She was found naked in some bushes. She was strangled and raped. There were no scratches or bruises in the genital area, Um, but pieces from her buttocks and thighs were removed. Um, Kroll had masturbated over her pubic area and her face and hair. Wow, he's really got a lot in him. Yeah. Like, that's... Or he's got a long shot. I don't Something. know. Um, so in 1962, 12-year-old Barbara Bruder was his next victim. She was strangled and raped. 
Um, she was on her way to a playground, but didn't arrive. Mm. Um, Wait, how old was she? 12. Oh, my gosh. Her body, though, has never been found. Um, uh, Kroll was not charged for this one either, though. Probably because they couldn't find her. He did confess to it, but there was no Mm. evidence. So he was not charged with it. Um, That's crazy, though, how, like, somebody can admit to a murder and then they're just like well, well we can't prove it right <laughs> like uh next was petra geese um she was killed on easter in april of 1962 she was 13 years old she was found the next day among some bushes um she was strangled with her scarf raped and partially cut up uh Kroll ripped the red dress from her body and then removed both of her buttocks as well as the left forearm and hand ew uh, Wait, that's not what he made soup with, right? That was the, the first one. But yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Hand soup? M- Monica Taffel was 13 years old and ne- killed in 1962. She was found on June 11th by a police helicopter in part of the forest outside of town. She was strangled and raped. Um, next was Herman Schmitz, who I mentioned earlier, was the one at Lover's Lane. He was the mm-hmm. one male victim. He was 25 years old. Oh, my God. And then there was Ursula Rowling. She was killed in 1966. She was 20 years old. She was found two days after she had gone missing, hidden in some bushes, naked from the waist down, and her legs were spread wide apart. She was strangled and raped and had left the ice cream parlor with her boyfriend an hour and a half earlier and then was walking home when he found her. Never walk the streets alone. No. And then Ilona Hark was five years old, strangled, raped, and drowned in the Feldbeck. And drowned? Yes. It's a different one. Yes. Uh, Gabrielle Puetman was uh, 1967. She was 10 years old. Uh, Kroll had lured her into a meadow and showed her pornographic pictures. The girl was horrified and tried to run. Kroll started to choke her, but suddenly there were sirens howling all around. And... Um, oh, I'm sorry. This girl actually didn't die. Um, but good, thank God. Yeah, but she lived. But when he heard the sirens, he started running home. He thought that she was dead, but she wasn't. Okay. Um, apparently, this girl's parents never reported the incident, though. <gasps> oh my God! Um, until after Kroll had been arrested. That's weird. Yes. I wonder why. I don't know either. But I'm telling you right now, if anybody does that to my fucking kids, I don't care what you do. I don't care who you are. You are getting a spoon to the throat. The city is burning down until the person comes forward. Yes. Um, In 1969, Maria Hetgen was 61 years old. She was his oldest victim. Um, uh, He was talking to her. She didn't really want to talk to him. He hit her. They fell into some bushes where he raped and throttled her. Yes, she was found the next day. Um, uh, nineteen seventy, Judah Ron, thirteen years old. She was strangled. Um, May nineteen seventy six, Karen Topher, ten years old, was strangled and raped. And then baby, I know. Uh, he was not charged with that one though. And then his last victim was Marion Catter, the little girl from the beginning, who he flushed her organs down the drain oh my god that's so gross it's awful terrible 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 don't kill people don't eat people yeah don't fillet their butts don't even look at people just leave people alone mind your fucking business literally don't flush people's guts down the toilet no or put their body parts in pots of water don't make people soup (laughs) just don't fucking i will buy you a chicken go get some fucking campbell's chicken noodle soup homie yeah or fucking it's 97 cents and you don't go to jail for it water if you're that hard up (laughs) fucking drink some water did you know most of the time when if you're dehydrated it comes across as hunger drink some fucking water you'll be fine stay hydrated stay healthy stay safe buddy system buddy system 
Um, so while in prison, Krill cooperated with police on the belief that he would be given an operation to cure him of his homicidal urges and eventually be released. Yeah, we know how that goes. We know how that goes. But, big old but, in April... Oops. <laughs> my bad. In April of 1982, Kroll was sentenced to life in prison and charged with eight murders and one attempted murder. He died in prison of a heart attack in 1991 at 58 years old. Good. I hope he's rotten down there with... What's his name? Asmodeus. Asmodeus. He's probably like his henchman. Literally. You lusted over these children? Mm. Yeah. He You're... probably ate his soul, honestly. Probably. He probably doesn't even want him. Yeah. He probably shit him out. I was like... That was fucking worth nothing. Literally. Just a bunch of hot gas coming out. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, Yaheen Kroll. Big that, old piece of shit. That one reminded me a lot of the Korean Zodiac Killer that I covered in episode one. With, like, the um, different MOs and, like... Yeah. Like, no set target, you know? Yeah. Like, different ages and stuff. I didn't so. even think about that, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's scary how people, like, are so unpredictable like that and will, yeah. like, travel to murder people. Ugh, it's so unsettling. It's very unsettling. But, you know, it is what it is. Stay safe. Don't, Don't talk to strangers. Yeah. But be anyway. smart. Anyway, you guys can, uh, you know, catch us next week. Alicia, I'm going to have you... We have a new subject here. I'm going to have you cover a wild card. So you get to pick... Ooh. Whatever you want to cover. This will be fun. Because there's a lot of stuff that doesn't fall into yeah. our categories that we want to cover. So I'm excited to... I'm excited to... Pick something. Yay. Um, I'm going to have you do a haunted item. Ooh, that'll be cool. Yeah. I'm going to redeem myself because I wasn't super happy with mine last time. I I really like doing haunted items. There's a lot of different ways that you could go. So Yeah. So. It's fun. Yay. I'm excited. Well... Where can they find us, Alicia? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at CreepyWeegeePod. You can email us your true crime and paranormal stories at CreepyWeegeePod at gmail.com. You can rate us five stars in the Apple Podcast app and subscribe anywhere you're listening right now. Word. Word. <laughs> Yay. Cool. Well, uh, we're so happy to be back. And we will catch you next Tuesday at midnight. Next Tuesday at midnight. I have an hour to edit this. <laughs> at least you have an hour this time. <laughs> See you in an hour, you guys. Yay. Okay, bye. Bye.